Heritage Media. At some point in your life, you will rent. If you're lucky enough to have an investment property, you will at some point rent it out. But during both these periods, you will have a relationship with your property manager. So what does your property manager do? How important are they? And who do they work for, the tenant or the landlord? Alex Martin has been a property manager on the Central Coast for 13 years. And today we have her in the studio for a Q&A to answer all your questions. Here's Alex. My mama makes milkshakes on a Monday morning. Nah. <laughs> what is it? My mother makes me rash away on Monday morning. What? Can you say that? <laughs> I didn't even get Listen that. Listen up. Say it again. My mother makes me rash away on a Monday morning. <laughs> you got to say it. My mother makes me mash my M&Ms on a Monday morning. Yeah. See? See, you're all loose now. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Alex. So to give the listeners a little backstory, can you tell us how you got into property management and how long you've been doing it for? Yeah, so I um, started property management back in 2008. I finished my HSE in 2007. And pretty much as soon as that ended, I sent all my resumes to the Central Coast, pretty much around sort of the Terrigal area. And within about two months, I had a job. So I had to move from Southwest Rocks to the Central Coast and to start my job. And it sort of has gone from there. Were you specifically looking for property management roles? I was looking real estate and um, sort of anywhere. And my traineeship was in property management. So that's just where it flowed from. And why real estate? I actually couldn't tell you. I don't know. I Since probably year 10 for some reason I just always wanted to get into real estate okay so that's the first thing I did when I finished school and what type of what kind of temperament do you need to be a property manager um I think you need a whole bunch of different things you need patience and organization and um empathy is really important so you can connect with your clients a lot of the time you know it can be a really exciting time for some people, but it can also be stressful uh, as well. So trying to make that whole process easier and less stressful for everyone is, you know. And what is the day-to-day? What does an actual property manager do on a day-to-day basis? Oh, where would you even start? <laughs> um, day-to-day, we would start, we have a catch-up in the morning our office, we have seven property managers, so it is a big, big uh, portfolio that we look after. So we've sort of all got to catch up and keep in the loop with each other. Um, so we'll have sort of a rundown every morning and then we'll get into our day. So whether that'd be routine inspections, most girls like to get it out sort of first thing in the morning, do their routines. Um, you'd come back, have a bunch of calls to return and uh, ingoings, outgoings, um, Sometimes there's tribunal hearings. Um, there's a whole range of stuff. That so we when do. you say ingoings and outgoings, that's people moving in to their property, yeah, and outgoing right. is people moving out. Yeah. And yeah, that's right. th- so there's you say how many properties do Wisebury or does your office look after? Fifteen hundred. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And 
so you haven't got so you've got seven people managing fifteen hundred because you also have another there's tenancy there's a few sections to property management. That's right. Isn't there? Yeah. So we do work a little bit different to um, other offices where we break down the process between departments. So sometimes you'll see a property manager going from new business all the way to the end of the process. Um, the way we do it is we have a new business department. So if you're someone who's looking to rent out your property, you'll speak with them first. Um, they'll give you an idea on you know what to expect and, and everything like that. And then once it's ready to go live on the internet, our tenancy team will take over. They'll have a look at all of the applications. They'll do the open houses and private inspections. And then once we've secured a tenant, it'll come over to the property managers and then we look after it from then onwards. So once they've done all that work, you then pick it up and then you just manage the day-to-day stuff of rent arrears and hot, broken hot water systems. That's and, it, okay. yeah. And how many properties can one property manager be expected to manage at one time on average? I think it varies between property managers. Um, everyone works differently and everybody has their own um, sort of piece of property management that they excel at. So you might find some people can, you know, manage 230, 250, um, and then others are more comfortable at 180. I think it just depends on the person. Uh, and I think it's a really important to have that right figure for you so that you can give the best service that you can. I imagine it change, changes also because if you've got 230 properties, but 90% of them are really lovely dream yeah. tenants, yeah. or you could have 50 but if 40 that's of right. those are hard work. Yeah, that's right. You're doing Absolutely. the same amount of work as someone else, aren't that's you? That's right, yeah. And what kind of training or certificates do you actually need to get into property management? Um, so you do need your certificate of registration first up. And from March this year, you will need a licence um, or at least have started your licence. But um, up until then, you just had to do your certificate of registration, which you can do through TAFE and there's a whole bunch of websites you can get it off. Mm -hmm. Um, And that'll allow you to come into the office and um, do things like take rent and um, the day-to-day processes of property management. And just understanding the ins and outs. Yeah. So if I've already got my licence, or sorry, my certificate of registration, come March, I actually need... A real estate license? So by March, you will need to have completed three modules of your license. So it just needs to be started. Okay. So they're just really tightening up the ship a little bit on all that? They are. I think it's because, um, you know, prior to March, it was so easy to get into the real estate industry. So you've got, you know, whether it be property management or sales, um, someone could be selling property with a course that could realistically take you maybe four days to complete. So I think they're trying to make it so that um, there's a bit more education behind um, the job that you do. So I guess there's, you know, less mistakes made and a bit more knowledge behind you before you do things, dealing with people's most important asset, really. Yeah, okay. And what should I be looking for in a property management if I am a landlord or an investor? I think uh, experience is really important. Um, you know, it's, we have a lot of new faces in our team with, you know, they're just starting out in real estate, but we have got the backbone of, I don't know what the cumulative amount of years would be, but it's heaps with hundreds, hundreds. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So I think experience is important. Um, patience, you know, as I said before, 
um, a well thought out process. Um, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of the things that I have seen just in the last six months is, or even a year, is how hard it is to get a rental property on the Central Coast. Yes. Because there's not many of them. And no. so what does a tenancy application look like today yeah. on the back of, you know, having no properties really to rent mm. COVID? What, what do you actually need to do if you're looking for a, a, a property to rent? Yeah, so our applications are quite comprehensive now. Um, you need to supply, uh, you know, obviously your 100 points of ID, but your employment, you have to be able to show that you can actually afford the property. Um, previous rental history with other agents uh, always helps or whatever your scenario is. Um, yeah, so we do checks like ticker checks, which is a national website. So it's kind of like a credit score, but in the rental world. So if you're listed on ticker, that's like a, a blacklist. So we will always check that. That'll be the first thing we look at when someone applies. And um, if they're not on that, then we take them through to the next level. So we start checking the income, the personal references and the rental references. So what would it take for someone to get on ticker? To get on ticker, you would have to have an outstanding debt to another agent. Um, so whether that be outstanding rent arrears or a property has been left damaged and uh, there's a debt that's owing for the repairs for that. That would have been after you've already been to tribunal. So um, if you weren't paying or if you didn't pay for the maintenance or repairs that had to be done after you vacated, the agent would take then take the tenant to tribunal and get an order for the invoices that the landlord would have had to have paid to get the property back up to scratch. And then they will issue a money order for the amount of money that's owed. So then what they will do is we send a 14-day notice, so a letter to the tenant just saying, hey, this is what you owe. We've been to the tribunal. Um, you will be listed on ticker within 14 days. Please contact us urgently. If it goes unanswered and we don't get any money, then they will be listed on ticker. Can you get off ticker once you you're can. on? You can, yeah. So it's, it's changed how it used to be. So you used to actually stay on ticker whether you'd paid the money or not for, I believe, about five years. Now, if you pay the money and there is no debt, you can be removed straight away. Okay. So it's not like agents can go, I don't really like that person. I'm going to put them on ticker. It's, it is actually no. once, it's something that a tribunal can do once something's unpaid. That's right. right. Absolutely. So if I'm a landlord, what kind of applications currently can I expect to come, to come through? So how much involvement do I actually get in who deciding lives in my home? Yeah. Okay. So what we do... We've changed our process a little bit since COVID. So previously we would have open homes and then anyone who wanted to apply would then send their application in and we'd process and go from there. Since COVID, where we were in a situation where we could no longer have open homes, we now do an application first process. So if you see a property online and you want to apply for it, you can apply it online and it comes straight to us. So we get all of those applications straight away. We filter out any that are unsuitable and then we would keep probably the best four, three applications. We'll talk to the owner about it, um, go through each application and we would take then take them through. So we would usually take the top 
three or four actually through the property because you might find, you know, the owner has their heart set on one particular person, then they look at it and they're like, oh, it's not suitable. Mm. So we sort of take the best candidates through and then they'll let us know whether they're happy to proceed with their application and then the owner will then say, okay, I I like this one, let's move forward with this one. How has that – obviously I've been – when I've rented in the past, you go and sometimes there's 30 people Mm. going through the home. Is it just clearing all of that out of the way so you've got the only people looking at the actual property are really suitable candidates in the first place? That's right, yeah, yeah. So what's happening to all those people who just don't get a look in? Is that because they're not suitable for that particular property or is it on their own ticker or they just don't have a great... Yes, yeah, so sometimes it could be, um, it's not often you get people on ticker, like um, it's not an everyday thing, we'll we'll process a bunch of applications with people on ticker. Um, Things that can hold you back is uh, rent arrears, if you've rented with an agent in the past and you've had rent arrears throughout the tenancy, um, that can be something that the owners will say, look, I'm not comfortable with that, this is looking at their history, I'm worried they're going to do that with this property. So that could be something that puts you back. Um, affordability. So, um, you know, you might have a, a couple with three children looking for a rental that could be $800 a week, but it's actually taking about 60% of their income just to pay the rent. Mm. So you've got to sort of foresee what else would they have to pay? What other bills would they have? Do you really think it might, you know, is affordable for those tenants? Maybe we need to find them something a bit cheaper. Mm-hmm. within their budget. So do you get people coming in saying, look, I've applied for all these homes and I'm not getting on. Can you tell me what I'm doing wrong? Yeah. Yeah, we do. We do. Um, in that case, we'll, you know, we'll have a look through their applications. Um, sometimes because it is such a competitive market at the moment, there could be nothing wrong with your application. It could be fine. Rent history is perfect. You know, your reference from your agent's great. But there could also be 10 other people with the same good references so, you know, at the moment, given how busy it is, we are finding we're getting more than one good application for properties. So at the end of the day, the owner's got to pick one. So, so in that respect, it's actually a great time to be a landlord because you're just getting the cream of the crop Absolutely. come through, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. And is it usually a dedicated property manager that looks after, like if I'm a landlord, do I just have one person I'm dealing with or is it a whole team? No, so you are um, given a landlord to, uh, sorry, a property manager to take care of your property. So once your property's leased and we've got the tenant, you will be assigned a property manager who will be your main point of contact from that point on. So they'll give you a ring prior to the property being leased just to introduce themselves. So, um, you know, you ring and say, hi, I'm Alex. I'll be looking after your property for the duration of your tenancy. This is my mobile, my email if you ever need anything. And then once the tenant moves in, that's you are their point of contact from then onwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And how are inspections done now with, um, I don't even know what you call them, like the surprise inspections like or periodical inspections oh, routine inspections, routine inspections yeah. thank you yeah. um so you got your routine inspections and then you got your inspections when they're vacated with COVID now is that changed as well how that's done it did for a while um so we did go into virtual inspections right in the sort of midst of COVID when we weren't able to go and complete the routine inspections. so we didn't want a situation where all of our properties hadn't had a routine for you know nearly 12 months so we uh, would send out a video link and we'd connect with the tenant and then we could do a 
a visual audio routine inspection. So then we can upload that file and send it on to the landlord. So they actually get to see their property still being looked after and cared for. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What about pets? Everyone I know has a pet. Yeah. I have a little funny story. When I was looking to rent my property, I had a pet and the landlord didn't want pets. Very strict about pets. And I actually got rejected and I really wanted this place. So I wrote a letter from my dog with pictures of my dog <laughs> to the real estate agent and asked him to forward that on to the landlord. And then the landlord caved and I think he saw how cute my dog was and let us <laughs> let us have the property. And um, obviously there was a few little things at the end that I had to do, which was get, um, you know, it professionally cleaned and carpet yeah. steam cleaned because there was a pet in there. Is it hard to get a property if you have a dog or a couple of dogs or a cat? Uh, Look, it can be. Um, You'd be surprised how many people actually send through a letter with a photo of their fur babies. I wasn't original. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many people that do it. But, you know, it's not a bad thing. You know, uh, some people even include the phone numbers of their neighbours and you can talk to the neighbour and things like that. But some landlords, I guess... um, just would prefer no pets, whether it be um, they've been burnt in the past with damage from pets. Um, But, you know, a lot of landlords are open to it. Uh, You know, particularly if you have a rental reference from a previous agent where you've had the pet and you've had no dramas, then landlords are more inclined to give you a go because there's been no damage in your previous rentals. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. The other thing I come across a lot is friends of mine who... They've owned their own home for 20 years. They've sold it. They're renting. They just want to rent for six months while they find something. But they've got no rental history yep. at all. Yeah. Where do you start with that? Because that's that was really tricky for a lot of people I know. Yeah, yeah. So it, it is, again, something that um, I guess the owner has to toss up because, you know, you know you've got someone there who um, has carried a mortgage for you know, however long, had several properties, but never actually been in the rental market. So it doesn't exclude them and make them a bad choice. Uh, it just means there's no rental history that's there that you can check and see how they kept the house and things like that. But, um, we've actually just approved a couple that have sold their property and they're looking to buy in the next six months. Um, you know, and the landlord was happy for that because he didn't know what he was going to be doing in six months. At the moment, he's in Melbourne. Um, And, you know, after that first six months, whether they need to, you know, are ready to move because they've bought something, um, they can then sort of reevaluate at the end of that first lease and go from there. Mm -hmm. So some owners are really happy with it. And what about overdue rent? How do you avoid it if you're a tenant and how do you chase it up if you're a landlord or a property manager? Yeah. So when you first move in to a property, you've got to pay your bond of four weeks and then your two weeks rent in advance. So from the get-go, you're paid in advance. So we will ask you um, first week in, so let's say you move in on a Friday, we'll say next Friday, if you can make your first rental payment, that'll keep you a week in advance throughout the tenancy. Um, If a tenant does fall behind, we're on the phone to them pretty much straight away, you know, what's going on? Um, Is everything okay? Can we help you sort of bring it back up? Because we don't want it to get to a situation where they're, you know, more than 14 days behind because then that's when we'd have to issue a termination notice Mm -hmm. for non-payment of rent. So we try to get in early and work with the tenants, um, you know, with payment plans and things like that. So if a tenant can pay an extra $50 a week, um, you know, 
by the time a couple of months pass, they're that week ahead again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so there is a little bit of leeway and yeah. you chase it up before it gets too bad. We do, yeah. You know, we understand things happen. Things happen in your life and, you know, it's sometimes yeah. it can't be helped. So, you know, we're always there to help. Yeah. But we do find sometimes, I guess, with everybody, um, if you are in trouble, like during COVID with tenants that may have lost their jobs or, you know, um, they're embarrassed to call. They don't want to talk about it. And that's the worst thing you can do because when we get to a point where, okay, we're a week behind, we're crawling up to the second week behind and no one's answering our calls, we sort of think, okay, well, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Whereas the best thing they could do is just say, you know, hey, Alex, this is what's happened. I've lost my job. Um, You know, can I make a payment plan to catch up on this rent? And then we can sort of go from there. Okay. And there's a lot of stigma with, you know, bad tenants, but what about bad landlords? (laughs) How often... You know, I mean, I imagine there's fantastic landlords and then I guess like anyone or anything, there's there's always a few little, not bad, but just hard, you know, yeah, difficult. Yeah, I think out of all the properties that we look after, there really is only a handful um, of properties that, you know, it's there tricky. have been issues. Yeah, they're just tricky. And I think it's just a matter of working with the owner and the tenant just to get things done, whether it be through maintenance that... Um, you know, the owner might not want to complete or whatever it might be. I think we just need to, I guess we then use our knowledge um, to come through and say, look, well, we have to get this fixed because in our past experience, you know, it might mean this is going to happen down the track if we don't address it now. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it just, um, it's a matter of just. And every now and then you get that perfect combination of a fantastic landlord and a fantastic tenant. And I know in the past, at Christmas time, for example, there's landlords that buy their tenants vouchers, yeah. vouchers, um, and we also have done tenant of the year. Just explain tenant of the year and what that looks like. Just you know, yeah, yeah. So tenant of the year is where we like to acknowledge um, our best tenants. So whether it be, you know, um, good rent payments, um, a long tenancy, a long term tenancy, uh, best lawns, best interior. There's a few categories that we have, but we like to recognise our tenants that we have um, once a year. So what will happen is usually we'd all get together um, in a space, but this year we couldn't. We sort of had to do a a live video where we were going to the tenants' houses because we couldn't all get together in a space. But So first prize is four weeks rent, which is our tenant of the year prize. So what we do there is um, we'll go through their basically their tenant history. So they've never had a drama with rent payments, always easy to deal with, always reports maintenance fairly quickly. Um, You know, the property's kept well, just a tenant that you're really thankful for. And so they'll go into a pool of, I believe there's five nominees for um, the big prize. And then on the night they'll be, they'll be picked and they'll win the four weeks rent. So. And they actually get rewarded just for being fantastic humans. Just for being great tenants. Yeah. 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 And can you tell me a little bit about all the things that, well, you might probably want to talk about all the things that you've done, but what you've heard about other property managers that they have done above and beyond their job description, because it is a tough role and there's such an emotional human element to it. Tell me some of the stories you've heard. Um, hmm. We did have one actually uh, with one of the other property managers, uh, Melissa Molnar. She had a tenant who... Um, 
I guess, had a lot of belongings in the property. Um, He had to vacate. He had to move on. The owner wanted the property back. So Melissa worked with him to get all of his stuff out of the property. Um, By the time he vacated, it it still looked like a fully lived-in home. It was, yeah. So Mel spent the weekend with the landlord and the tenant just clearing all of the rubbish. It was going in skip bins. She was putting it on her council pickup, a couple of other property managers' council pickups. So also that the tenant could get their bond back because they really needed it. Mm. So I just thought that was amazing that she, you know, dug deep and helped out, mm. got all this stuff out of the house so that we could, you know, help out the tenant. Yeah. Did, yeah. And there's little stories like that all the time that you just yes. don't hear about. And yeah, absolutely. It's it's such a no, – it's also a part of the community that we live in too, isn't it? Particularly yeah. with COVID, I know I heard that, you know, a lot of the property managers were taking out – supplies and toilet paper particularly to the older community who couldn't get out and were a little bit more susceptible to catching it yeah that's right what do you think's the hardest thing about being a property manager I think the hardest part is um I think controlling your emotions yeah so with regards to you know um you might have a tenant that's going through a really hard time and just trying to work with them and work with the owners and or you might do a vacate where the house has just been left. Like recently I did a vacate and the house is, we've got to replace carpets and all these sorts of things to the property, but the tenant is just going through this really horrible time. So I find the hardest part is to help them, um, but you still have to do the right thing by the landlord and you've got to you've got to bring that property back up to scratch. So sometimes you can be seen as the bad guy, um, but, you know... At the end of the day, you just have to try to sort of yeah. work with both parties to just get an outcome that everyone's happy with. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't always work out that way, but and it is. It I know when you're moving and you're it, it's so hard because there's so much to think about. And yeah. Sometimes you're relocating your kids' schools and you've got to connect the electricity. Is there can Wisebury help me with that if I'm coming on? Yeah, absolutely. So we have um, a company that we use. They're actually on our applications. So if you apply for a property, at the bottom of the application, it will say, um, would you like us to contact you to arrange your uh, electricity, gas, internet, all of your utilities, basically. So you can tick yes. And then once we receive your application, if it's approved, you'll be contacted um, and they can help you set up all of your utilities without you having to worry about a thing. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And last question, what's the best day that you've ever had on the job? (laughs) The best day I would have to say was this, oh, sorry, last year's Tenant of the Year. It was just such a special day. Given the year that we'd all been through, we were exhausted and, you know, tired ready for a holiday. (laughs) And um, this day was just amazing. All the tenants were just so thankful. Um, Even the landlords were so happy to hear that their tenants won the awards. Uh, We actually had one of our girls, because we were doing the live broadcast, we had one award where the girl that was filming us going into these winners' houses, she had the camera backwards the whole time. So we're presenting this award to our tenants and she's just filming herself the whole time. (laughs) <laughs> it's a real human element to it, isn't it? It is, it is. But for, you know, the person that won the big award, we, you know, everyone from the office, so there would have been about 17, 18 of us that um, sort of snuck up to her doorstep. She's waiting, watching the live stream from the office to see, you know, who's going to be the winner. And we all just knocked on her door and she came out and she was just 
she was just beyond excited. It was the best feeling. And a month's free rent. A month's free rent, yeah. That's, yeah. that's huge. Mm. Oh, it's it can change so much for people. Like, I know, God, if I had a month's free rent, it would change a lot for me. Mm. So it's it can be life-changing just to be that little bit ahead, well, a lot ahead, um, you know, can free up so much space, I guess, financially for you to be able to do some other things and stuff like that, yeah. so... Thank you so much for coming in today. No worries. Clearing up a lot of questions. (laughs) Thanks, Alex. Thanks very much. I hope you found today's chat with Alex Martin from Wisebury Heritage Rentals helpful and interesting. As usual, we'll pop all the links and recommendations in our show notes below. This podcast drops every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. And today's episode was produced by Kieran Christie and hosted by me, Carly Eldridge. And it was brought to you by Heritage Media. Bye for now. Heritage Media.